Hi, this is Elliot. And this is Lily. With Creative TV Podcast at Vosges School. So, over the last 150 years, the Rio Grande has slowly surrendered every drop of her water to a procession of governing bodies, even before falls as rain or snow from the sky. Shouldn't she be entitled to some of the water she carries? Hello, Apollo. Come on up. How are you? So thank you to everyone for coming out to think about the Rio Grande beyond a human resource. Thank you for especially joining us to give back to the Rio Grande who has given so much to all of these communities. And to think about the river's right to good health in the larger conversation about the Rio Grande's long-term human water security. So thinking about the river beyond just a human resource. We invite you today to join in to give back to the river using a traditional remedio to reverse a mal de ojo curse on the river, um, spitting at the victim, which is also a great allegory for tithing or giving water back to the river. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today. In the clip you just heard, that was artist Paula Castillo talking about her art piece, Reverse the Curse. Since 2021, Castillo has invited people living along the river from Taos, New Mexico to Juarez, Mexico to participate in a Reverse the Curse community performance at their local river bridge by spitting at the victim. So this practice was derived from a curandero healing method to reverse curses. Curanderos also are healers mostly in Latin America and they heal spiritually as well as physically. So essentially in this piece, Paula aims to use the audacity of local magic to provide an allegory for a participatory and embodied tithing to the Rio Grande, an entitlement to a body of water who is not allowed to have any share of her own water. And so that brings us to today's topic, art and ecology. The changing environment, especially in New Mexico, can be felt quite viscerally by many. And talking about the changing environment and its implications going further is an extremely important conversation we must have. However, discussions about the environment are not always the most accessible due to the complexity of both the issues and solutions. Importantly, art is one of the ways we can have these important conversations, as art is almost like a universal language and can make these complex conversations more accessible. However, there's even more to gain from using art when discussing our environment. We don't just have to understand the environment around us as a purely scientific thing. It is our home, a place of memory, a home to all manner of species, and so much more. Art is an incredibly important aspect of the discussion we have about the environment around us. So today we're gonna talk with artists about their experiences with art and ecology. My name is Paula Castillo, and I was born uh, in the Middle Rio Grande Bosque area down in Valencia County, and I am an artist. Okay. Um, so how does like how do you think art and ecology really intersect together, and like or why are art and ecology like important together? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, it's it's such a complex question, and anything I anything I say is not going to do justice to the reality of it. Uh, I, I feel that well I feel that. Humans are absolutely a part of nature, even though we haven't recognized it. And um, we've objectified nature, and we, we have felt that she's wasteful, superfluous, etc. And I feel art is the one medium that immediately 
illustrates our connection to nature in, in the sense that um, we're, we can potentially be nature's heirs, heirs because of our capacity for creativity. But I think at its essence it is very hopeful because of the practice of making and I think that in order to really grasp what's happening, I think that there has to be hopefulness because without it, there's, there's not ever going to be any change and we're just going to kill it dead. Yeah. So like specifically, like how does your art talk about the environment and environmental issues? Um, in different kinds of ways, I've done different things over the years. This river project actually started with um, a lot of research up north on arroyos, which I find as a sculptor, which is my, my like original practice, which I still do, is super interesting as geomorphological structures in, in nature and they're just so beautiful and um, they bear witness to self when you're inside them, which is always a really important theme for, for any art making, I think. And, um, and as I started researching them, I realized that although they are natural to the Southwest environment, in the last 100 years they have proliferated 100, 100, 100 times what they were at the end of the 19th century, which is crazy to think about, and have, and have contributed to all kinds of messes for water in, in the state. And then we're like a forcing point for a positive feedback loop for all these other crises that we're seeing, experiencing now in 2022. And I've done work that is like data collection and then translated through art. I've done work that attempts um, to imagine solutions, even though I'm not a scientist or an engineer. Uh, just the practice of invention and, and experimentation. And um, just d different things that, uh, that try to connect other humans to nature. And I, I feel like and I don't, I don't know, I'm just one single person on the planet. I'm one, one small person in New Mexico. And, and artists have like, we have like a narrow corridor of access to populations. And I, and I, and so, but my, and, 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 but as a teacher too, I have access to different groups of, of humans and reflecting on their access to nature and what they think nature is like. I do feel that humans have the capacity to be moved by nature and to recognize our deep connection to nature, but don't know how to experience it, don't know how to access it. So my art is absolutely an attempt to do that. And I, and I don't know how successful I am ever, but anyway. Paula Castillo is not the only artist involved in this project. She has also invited other New Mexico-based artists to contribute to the larger project from their expertise and skill sets. These artists include photographer Dunn Unser, eco-poet Terry Moulter, and experimental sound artist Amanda Romero. So my name is Amanda Dene Romero. I am from Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm currently living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I am an experimental sound and technology artist with focus on immersive video, uh, sound, and projection exhibitions and experiences. So how has, like, have you used in your career, like, art and ecology together? Yeah, so I think that art and ecology, it, it sits at this really interesting intersection between, um, you know, art has so many potentials that it can be used for, whether that, that's community involvement, whether that's community engagement. Um, but I, I think that where art and ecology sit, it's this really important conversation and narrative about the potential of art. Um, I've seen so many great land artists. I know so many great land artists that are working here in New Mexico specifically 
And a lot of their work really emphasizes, as does this project that Paul is doing, uh, the importance about using art as a tool to make sure that we pay attention to some of the you know, injustices that we have in the land here, paying attention to so much of the history that we have here. Um, and I think that art, you know, while it, it's important to make the, this narrative about social impact and these other um, things going on in the world right now, it seems like so much of the art that I really enjoy right now, and so many of the artists that I really enjoy that are doing really important work involves around projects that are, um, you know, emphasizing the land, what they could do for people, what they have done for people, why we really need to change our focus, um, you know, like this project is doing to ensuring that this land will be here for like future generations to also give us what it's given us in the past. Um, so I, I think that art and ecology, it's, it's one of the most important tools right now considering the climate injustices going on across the world, specifically in Mexico, um, to really think about and put at the forefront, you know, what we should, as artists, be thinking we can do with our art and where we should be focusing our attention and our, our motivation and, and our, our thoughts and our work um, to, to making sure that we, we do things sustainably. Okay, and so the other question is like, have, how have you used like the intersection between art and ecology in your work and like the environment in your work? Yeah, so my thesis show for undergrad um, was, was involved pretty heavily in looking at, um, you know, the different aspects of various environments. So I, I, my work, I'd like to think, kind of sits at this intersection of thinking about um, environments and how technology is actually involved in that too. Um, so kind of finding a bridge between those two elements. But my thesis work took place in Hendricks Park. It's a, um, it's like an open park. It's a public park in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon. Um, so what I did for that project was I focused a lot about the sort of healing and natural properties that, that sound and um, you know the environment can bring us. So I did a lot of studying and research about what it looks like with the frequencies in nature, all these different kinds of things, um, and really tried to incorporate that into a multimedia experience that involved projection um, and sound primarily. But I think that you know my work is sort of taking a, a it's like a shift in direction, thinking about you know how to really incorporate some of these like healing modalities, specific modalities, you know, thinking about um, specific environments. So for this, you know, the Rio Grande, other places in New Mexico, um, and translating that into sort of an immersive sound experience, um, just for people to really you know think about the spaces that we inhabit and the the ways that we inhabit them and how we should be inhabiting them the future. So I think it's just, uh, you know, these, these two practices really coexisting together. It's, it's just, it's, it's one of the most important things I think moving forward that artists are going to have to think about. Yeah, it's amazing, like, just the impact that art has and how it, like, really can help, like, share narratives that are often, like, underrepresented. Exactly. Do you have anything else you would like to add? Or? Um, I think that's it. I, you know, I've lived in New Mexico my whole life, and so doing projects like these are really important for me. Um, just knowing and hearing the history about Juan de Rio Grande, how long it's been here, and thinking about, um, you know, really this communal sense of people coming together for something that's really important. And thinking not only right now, you know, how do we think about uplifting and, and saving these spaces, but in a future context, how do we apply that to make sure that these spaces are protected? Um, it's something that's going to be at the forefront of my practice, but very grateful to be collaborating with folks who feel the same. Another important aspect of beginning these conversations about art and ecology is through museums and art shows. I talked with Brandi Kaoba about her experience as a museum curator in working with Paula Castillo. 
we recording? Yeah. Testing, testing. Okay. Uh, my name is Brandy Kaoba. I'm a curator at Site Santa Fe, which is a contemporary art museum located in Santa Fe, New Mexico. We've been there for 25 years, and it's a museum that is a non-collecting museum. So often we take a very artist-centric approach to our practices, inviting artists uh, to uh, develop uh, new projects and new ideas within our space. Awesome. So how do you think art can bridge the gap between the environment and it just can be used to communicate about environmental change? Sure. Um, I, I definitely see art as a catalyst for change. Um, art offers um, a different kind of accessibility of information um, that sometimes can be uh, more welcoming or um, thought-provoking than um, typical channels, which are like the news, social media, um, newspapers, whatnot. And so um, the power of art and the power of artists is their ability to um, kind of take take heated topics that are happening in the world and, and process them through the lens of contemporary art, which offers like this, this beautiful way for community to engage with the information in a very different style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so earlier we were talking a bit about how like art is really good adding the person back into climate change because it's often it seems so big and like we forget that like people are affected by it too sure um yeah i mean i think uh paula castillo's project we're here today uh participating in a project called reverse the curse um which is part of an exhibition that opens at site santa fe in april uh 2023 um and it's a project that's focused on raising consciousness around water scarcity in the Southwest. Um, Paula's project is a good example because um, she's inviting the community to participate. And when you participate, um, you become, well, you become part of a community, right? Uh, you have an experience and she's offering agency to each participant to, um, to use their voices or their bodies to call attention to climate crisis. Not only is art another way to talk about our environment, it's a way for our voices to be heard. It's a way to contribute to the conversation and a way to interpret the ecological changes happening around us. Part of the reason why art is so invaluable to the discussion around the environment is that through art, one can represent both the science behind our landscape as well as the undercurrents of feelings in our land. Often, art and science, and by extension, ecology, are put into separate boxes, viewed as completely distinct from one another. But they are not entirely separate, and there's so much to gain from looking at the two in conjunction. Additionally, I would like to give a special thank you to Paula Castillo for letting me be a part of this amazing project and community. Thank you to everyone who was involved, and especially those who I interviewed for this episode. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. Thanks for listening. This podcast is made possible thanks to Bosque School, an independent preparatory school challenging education in grades 6 through 12 since 1994. We'd like to stay, say a special thank you to Mr. Shaw and the Goodman Project. The Severn Goodman Youth Leadership and Environment Project Responsible Action for Ecological Integrity is committed to advocacy, emphasizing the importance of students and others taking direct action to create a more sustainable human and environmental community. It also works under the premise that humans are a part of the environment. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at cranesviewpodcast at or find us on Instagram and Twitter.
This episode was directed by Lily Lawrence and Elliot Patton, with sound engineering done by Lily Lawrence and produced by Dan Shaw.